Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by the Cause Marketing Forum and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at CauseUpdate.com and SelfishGiving.com. Now on to today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Joe Waters and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. On the line with me, of course, is Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hello. I heard that the guest of today's show is so close to your house that you could ride your bike there. I could walk my dog there. You could, you know, this is one opportunity where you could have actually had this person in the studio with you. I know, right? I don't know why I didn't <laughs> think about that. We could have had like a doggy play date. That's right. That's right. And we're talking about dogs because on the line with us now is Kim Van Syke, who is the executive director at the Banfield Foundation. And the Banfield Foundation, Megan, was actually founded by the Banfield Pet Hospital that has over 950 pet clinics around the United States. Hey, Kim, how's it going? Hi. Hi, Megan. Hi, Joe. So glad to be on with you today. Now, do you have a little cockadoodle in your lap or something like that as you're Cock-a-doodle. talking Cockadoodle. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to give, we just can't talk about dogs all the time, right? I don't. And I don't even know if there's a cockadoodle out there, but I have a standard schnauzer named Lulu. She's not here in the office today, Aww. but she is with me in spirit. Yes. You she know, wishes we, she was on my lap. We just heard that at Banfield Foundation, there's lots of pets roaming the aisles. It's true. Our headquarters, we're located within Banfield Pet Hospital's headquarters in Vancouver, Washington. And we're a very pet friendly and a little bit pet responsible in our ability to have pets with us at work every day. So you're right. There's probably 20 some pets wandering our building today, of course, on a leash. I love that. Awesome. That's all. Now, is it everything though? Is it, are we talking cats, dogs, weasels? Yeah, chickens, alligators. I mean, is everything robot around? (laughs) Close. Mostly dogs. Actually, all dogs. Uh, We are specific dog friendly. Yes. Yeah. No, that's very good. Hey, so start us out, uh, Kim, about talking about um, the origin of the Banfield Foundation. And, you know, why did this all start? Because, I mean, you guys, Banfield Pet Hospital has been around for a long time. You guys are a big organization. Um, Why in 2015 did you start a foundation? Yeah, great question. The foundation, as you mentioned earlier, was founded by Banfield Pet Hospital and officially launched in September of 2015. So, as of September 22nd, we just hit our one-year anniversary. Yay, congratulations. And, <laughs> thank you so much. And and while it is a separate nonprofit entity, the foundation was created partly to share in our corporate social responsibility journey and certainly shares a similar mission and vision with Banfield's corporate citizenship platform. So we're really focused on elevating the power of the pet human bond, strengthening the pet welfare community, providing disaster relief for pets, and advancing the science of veterinary medicine. So it was really an opportunity for us to bring our synergies, our time, talent, and treasure together and sync them up. So are you exclusively funded by Banfield then? We're not. Banfield certainly has um, vested interest and makes some various generous donations. But I would say that the primary funding mechanism for Banfield is actually through our very generous associate clients um, across the country. Majority of fundraising is actually done in our pin pads, through pin pads when you are Mm. in the Banfield at hospital. Mm -hmm. And how much, how much have you raised through pin pads? 
off the top of your head? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I'd say since we just hit our year milestone, really, it's um, about 2.5 million annually. That's amazing in the first year. I know. That's for you. Yeah, we have very generous clients. So, you know, one of the things I'm interested in too, and we were talking before the show, is you folks have a strong relationship with PetSmart. And a lot of your stores are located within PetSmart. I mean, that's your connection with me. I mean, like I was saying, about a mile from my house is a, a PetSmart with a Banfield a Pet Hospital in it. Did Was PetSpot an inspiration for you in kind of developing your own foundation and also doing register programs? Two things they do very well. Yeah, absolutely. PetSmart Charities is a fantastic organization, and they've been around for quite a bit longer than us for about 20 years now. And the thing that you should know about PetSmart Charities is they are also primarily funded through their PinPad program, as mm-hmm. you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So yeah. absolutely, it's certainly the way of charitable giving, especially if you have a retail space that um, already lends itself to natural trans transactions with a similar pet loving um, group of folks. So inspiration in many ways, although our certain mission and visions are quite different all about pets, all about engaging and serving um, pets and, and the people who love them. But the slight difference that we have is we're really focused on providing our unique asset, which is veterinary medicine, mm-hmm. and ensuring that pets have access to um, care, to medicine, to stay with their pet owners through difficult times. Um, and that's just slightly different than Pet Smart Charities, and, and their primary focus is really helping to ensure that pets get into families, right? right? They're about adoptions. So we're a little bit complementary. Yep. And, and just a little bit different. Yeah. It's good to have that complimentary angle, though, because I could see, you know, consumers having a little bit of fatigue when it comes to like pet adoption or what have you. So it's nice to take a different angle that's still so important. It's almost something that I wouldn't naturally think of. Although when you say it, I'm like, oh, of course that has to happen. But mm. Um, if, if it doesn't happen to you, I, I would think that you'd need to do a little bit of education. Is, is that the case? Yeah, that's a great question. It is certainly the case. And, you know, we absolutely want pets to get into homes, right? And so there's a lot of amazing organizations that exist with that sole purpose in mind. And a lot of the organizations that we fund are shelters, but not shelters in the sense of, again, adoption. It's more based on we know that there might be some low-income pet owners who may not have access to regular veterinary care. Mm -hmm. And we sort of believe that pets, whether owned or whether without a name or whether without a home yet, they all deserve access to preventive care. And so our mission is really to ensure that happens. So we fund nonprofit organizations um, in the first year alone, uh, more than 150 nonprofit organizations across the country wow. in order to make things like care possible. Also, we were able to help things like domestic violence shelters often um, state that reasons that victims don't come in is because they don't want to leave their pets at home. So we've actually mm. helped fund and build um, places for pets to stay when women are um, leaving their home situation. So anything that we can do to help keep pets with their owners, including preventive care, is essential to what we do. You know, it's so interesting too, uh, uh, Megan. I don't think we've had a pet hospital on before that does nope. a pin pad program. Mm-mm. I mean, you know, it's kind of like uncharted territory. Tell us a little bit about that pin pad program, Kim. When people swipe their credit cards, what options do you give them? How much can they donate at the register? Yeah, that's a great question. So we give them pre-populated numbers. So mm-hmm. it's typically something like one, three, five, right. and 10, yep. right? So when you check out, um, someone at the front desk will always, always ask, would you like to make a donation to help a pet in need today? Mm-hmm. Then they can make their selection. It's automatically added to their invoice when they check out. 
Mm-hmm. And I would say that that's been primarily the way that our clients have given. But but I would be remiss if I didn't note that our own associates actually give quite generously through a paycheck program, oh, which mm-hmm. I know is not unique to Banfield. Yep. But that's one way that our associates obviously can get quite involved. And then with the recent launch of our new website, BanfieldFoundation.org, we're actually starting to see a wonderful uptick of folks who we consider to be monthly sustainers. So they're giving monthly um, as well through our website. So those are really our, our primary primary areas. Good for you for integrating the donation ask at the pin pad right out of the bat because yeah. Joe and I have interviewed quite a few point of sale folks on the show and a lot of them, like people that are raising millions of dollars, don't have pin pad asks. And yeah. the the data and the research shows that that is going to increase your totals every time. So good yeah. for you. For- because the pin pad doesn't forget to ask, right, Megan? That's right. <laughs> I wish I had a pin That's pad for right. you, Joe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, really, huh? But, you know, but some people on the show too, Kim, have really emphasized the fact that they like that human touch. I know that when we had Dairy Queen in Texas on the show, they were really adamant about the fact that they preferred the human ask That's true. Um, at the register. But, you know, I I don't think it can deny the appeal of the pin pad. You know, and what we've always said too, Kim, is that what really works is both, is when you have the technology um, as a source and as a backup, but also people engaging with the consumer in terms of like, hey, you know, we'd be really happy if you support our foundation today. I think that's such an important thing to know. They're not meant to be mutually exclusive. Right. So as you can imagine, right, the whole, the value of PinPad is you have folks at the register already checking out. And a lot of times it's like, well, what's an extra dollar, $3, 5 $10, when I know that I'm helping provide care uh, for a pet in need. What I think is great is that you certainly find different types of folks that work at our hospitals, some of our client service coordinators who check out our clients, some might be more willing to ask because maybe they're more passionate or their Mm -hmm. personality lends them to make the ask. And some are certainly less inclined to do so. So like you said, Joe, folks when they check out will automatically get prompted to make the decision to do it. And we see that Obviously, that that's really important for some people. It's not they're not pressured, but they just right. naturally feel inclined to do so. But yeah. I will say that we have data, right? Like all, all good nonprofits that that track um, sort of their 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 giving. There's certain markets where we know we have super passionate, engaged associates yeah. who actually make the ask, and, and we'll choose. see twice yeah. as many yeah. conversions of yeah. folks that give at those at those hospitals. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's definitely the eighty twenty rule. I mean, it, it's interesting you should say that, Kim, because you know I've worked with a lot of retailers on charity pinup programs. And I was amazed. I went into a retailer. I was so proud of what they were doing. And I said, you've done an exceptional job of the program. And they said, well, that person over there was the one who did all the asking. It was literally one (laughs) One person, person. one full-time employee who was doing the asking, which I felt was great. But then I thought, how do I engage all these other people to be asking? You know, that's part of the challenge on something like that. No, it's super important. You're, you're so right. Again, it's amazing what one really inspired, passionate associate can accomplish. I know, it really is. And, and yeah. so we really try to take those tips um, and, and leverage the the interest that those associates have and translate to those to others across the country who are maybe less inclined to make the ask. And, and communication certainly through 
um, our social channels and our website is really important so that donors understand where their dollars are being spent and the impact that their dollars are making. But it's also really important internally so that our own associates understand uh, how to make the ask, what actually resonates with clients, and more importantly, so that they know when they're making the ask that that dollar is actually going back to be used in a really meaningful way. Mm. That's great. I think one of the things you should do is when you bring that information up on the pin pad, you could say, donate a dollar or get a snake bite. Be stung by a scorpion. <laughs> hmm, uh, spend, I wonder which one is more motivating. Spend an yeah, hour exactly. with That's a, a great idea. With, spend you, an hour with a hungry pit bull. You have no shortage of good ideas I on this know. show. See, Joe. that's the thing. It's kind of like last week when we were talking about SpaceX, and I was telling Goodwill <laughs> that they could just shoot their their extra stuff, the stuff they don't want into space, Whoa. Kim. I mean, do you realize these brilliant ideas? You heard it here first, folks. I know. Is there any reason why I'm on radio and not out consulting right now? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to change the subject slightly to get Joe off of his crazy tangents. So I, I was one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, Kim, is because we talk to a lot of legacy organizations on the show, people who have been doing this stuff for a long time. Um, and I'm sure Banfield has a very deep charitable history. But it's so cool to have somebody who's been just in a newly established foundation that's only a year old. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about some of the challenges and things that you've had to kind of get up to speed and learn uh, the hard way or otherwise in this first year, if you'd be willing to share any of those with us. Yes, we have had our challenges and they've made us stronger for certain. Absolutely. As you can imagine, anytime you do something for the first time, there's going to be opportunities for key learnings. And launching the foundation was no different. So I'd say one of the early lessons we learned was how important it is for us to educate, as I mentioned earlier, both our associates and clients on what the foundation stands for. Mm. You guys are right in saying there are a lot of pet charities out there and people have their charities they're personally passionate about. So I know that when I donate to a charity, I want to know what my money is being used for and knowing that it's doing good work. And so having, you know, the ability to communicate with a really dispersed workforce and millions of clients across the country continues to be a challenge, right? We haven't figured it out, but we know that if we are going to be successful, it's something that is absolutely critical that we get right. We have 16,000 associates that work for Banfield. We're in 42 states. We're in Puerto Rico, right? It's a very different workforce. It's a very different um, bucket of clients that come to us. So communicating regularly, frequently in a way that's really impactful is absolutely critical for how we continue to move forward. And I'd say the other thing that was just as critical was the importance of creating those perfect synergies between the CSR activities of Banfield as the enterprise, as well as our charitable arm. So disaster relief was a really good example of this because we're able to leverage both sides. We're able to extend the reach of our impact because we have funding from the foundation to organizations impacted And then we have an amazingly skilled, passionate workforce of doctors and veterinary technicians that are more than willing to give of their time and their talent to help capitalize on the funds and the resources in specific markets. You know, one of the things I'm interested in, Kim, is um, in terms of you telling your story, especially as a as an organization. I mean, one of the great things is you guys are off to a fast start. I mean, how many organizations, Megan, that have been around a year can say they have accomplished as much as they have? You not know, many. and um, I was actually on your stories of impact page on your website, which I'll um, link to. And it this is this is like written for Megan. It says, "Get your tissues ready." Aww. <laughs> 
So, I mean, one of the things that's obvious from looking at some of the headlines for these stories that you folks understand the craft of storytelling. What are some of the ways you plan to talk about your message, even things that you're thinking about for 2017? Yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned that. And I'll, and I'll pass along your compliments to our copywriter on that one. <laughs> um, her name also happens to be Kim, and, and she's quite brilliant. So I um, will take personal credit for that. <laughs> um, but, you know, the I'm so glad you brought up the stories of impact. Again, for us, it's all about showing what we consider small stories of big impact. And, and the photo series that folks will see if they visit BanfieldFoundation.org was actually a little bit of a joint partnership. Uh, this past summer, we conducted a, nas- um, a national tour with Seth Castile. So you may know of him from Underwater Dogs. No. <laughs> Those great shots of the dog. Oh, the guy that does the you, pictures. Yeah. Like the dog's getting the Joe. ball and stuff. So wait a minute. Oh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Exactly. Yeah. Joe, you can see him when you're done. It's hilarious. It's kind wow. of a big deal. So I'm have we, to look I promise. This up. We partnered with Seth and we sent him to seven cities in seven days to capture seven different stories. And those are the ones that you see on the website. Um, it's important to us to promote this series of photos and stories again so people can understand. Um, the impact can see the real faces and the joy and the pets that were helped. And it's not just pets, right? It's people too, because we know that if something happens to a pet and for many people, it's like a child to them, it obviously impacts their owner as well. So we hope to continue doing really interesting storytelling, um, both through what, you know, our photo success this year. And then also in the, in the coming years, because we know that, like you said, stories, good storytelling is worth a lot of money and a lot of tissues. And our hope is that if we can really help people make the connection to folks that they are personally impacting, it'll help us um, have a sustained giving pipeline down the road. You know, that's so interesting. I'd never considered, it makes perfect sense when you say it, that there's a an overlap with individuals and people. And that's another great reason to have chosen the cause area of focus that you did, because it's not just pets, it's people. So it's really, you don't see that very often, right? Like you see one or the other. So brilliant that it's combining both. I love that. Yeah. You know, one of the things I wonder too, Kim, is a partnership, something that you would further explore? Like, you know, you're, you know, obviously you have a partnership with PetSmart already and there's a good connection there. But I mean, would you ever partner with a, you know, a cat food maker or dog food maker, you know, someone else that may do like a purchase trigger donation program in the stores or, you know, it could be, I guess, any store, but especially PetSmart's where the funds would go uh, to you? Have you folks explored that at all? Or do you think you might? Yeah, great question. We haven't explored it necessarily this year yet. I think it's something we would be open to if it's the right partner yeah, that sure. had similar yeah. yeah, vision and mission that we did and uh, overlapping clientele. Absolutely. You know, we have um, a few vendors that we obviously work with at Banfield that make, um, you know, different vaccines and drugs and preventive medicines. And so we're certainly looking at partnering with a handful of them next year because one of the core pieces that the foundation does is provide preventive care clinics. Mm. So we will go into a community across the country where it's impoverished and and low income, and we work with a shelter or another nonprofit organization in the community, and we host a preventive care clinic where 
for upwards of eight hours. We provide free care, free education, um, examinations, heartworm testing, heartworm prevention, flea, tick, microchip, everything from we call nose to tail to ensure that we're able to make sure these pets get the care they need. And a lot of times it makes perfect sense for us to partner with some of our vendors and partners that um, make some of these, um, you know, drugs, supplies, things mm. like that, so that our dollars are able to go further oh. and we can make the greatest impact possible. So you know, absolutely. We love partnerships. You know, Kim, you should really look at that company, Sentinel. Um, I recently picked up the, you know, the flea and the hotworm medications. And, you know, I went to the vet and, you know, got the prescription and stuff like that. And I bought it there. And I was like, oh, how much is it? And it was expensive. And I was like, okay, but, you know, it's for the dog. I get it home. There are three pills inside. <laughs> I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> it's yeah, a, heartworm it's a, it's is a not a cheap um, disease you know? to prevent. Yeah. But I will tell you, it's a lot cheaper to prevent it than to treat it and manage oh, it. So that's, sure. that's sure. the yeah. upside. But, but, you know, I think there's some, there's, there's some money in this, though, you know, in terms <laughs> of the drugs and medications and stuff like that, Kim. I mean, some good people to work with get a little kickback on some of that stuff. <laughs> Here goes Joe. Thank you. Yes, I'll, I'll I'll write that one down. But yes, we 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 absolutely do consider that because let's be honest, when you when money is already a struggle and it's hard enough to find the dollars to take your pet in to see a veterinarian, it's even more expensive to provide the preventive care that already feels like a hurdle. So absolutely, by partnering with the right folks, we're able to get that much needed medication and preventive care in their hands. Well, you know, I will tell you something too. One of the things I got with Sentinel when I bought it was they offered me like a seven dollar rebate. It's like $7 rebate on like $150 a, a product or something. But what I thought to myself is, wouldn't this be much better if you were offering to donate $7 to a good cause like Banfield? I mean, that's something I could get behind. Yep. So, you know, yeah, hopefully I mean, it's got great, some that's legs. A great question, you know, so a great thought. You know, so hopefully some people will get behind that. So we'll reach out to the Thank people. Thank you. I appreciate you that. Think, Good we'll ideas coming out of you left there. and right. That's right. <laughs> I want to ask a question, a follow-up question on something you said about the, the first year challenges. You were talking about communicating and how you communicate. So when you think about your first year challenges and as you're thinking about 2017, what are you changing? That What are you going to be doing differently and, and testing out in 2017 on that particular point? Yeah, that's a great question. I think what we're continuing to do is, is hone in a little bit on... I'm going to call it a brand strategy. I mean, it's pretty set, right? Because we're aligned with Banfield's vision and mission about what we want to accomplish. Right. But what we find is that it's really easy, again, in this in this world that deeply loves pets and there's a lot of charities committed to helping pets. We want to make sure that folks understand who we are, why we're different, and how dollars will be used. Mm. And so if we can get laser focused on arming both our associates as well as clients um, to actually become advocates and, and be really educated on making the ask and understanding the impact without it having to be a five-page brochure. But, you know, that old uh, phrase about what's your elevator pitch, if you can't explain it in the first, you know, three floors of your elevator ride, it's likely not going to work. So our goal is to get that laser-focused ask and and statement and feel out there so that folks immediately know what we stand for, which makes the conversation a lot easier. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. That's fantastic. Well, Kim, this has been absolutely fascinating. We are so appreciative of your time and coming on and sharing a little bit about the Banfield Foundation. If people want to find more out about you or the foundation, how might they do that online? Absolutely. So folks can visit BanfieldFoundation.org and I'm on LinkedIn as well if folks want to ping me there. 
Excellent. We'll include that in the show notes. And how about you, Joe? Where can they find you online? Well, people can find me minute to minute on Twitter, talking to Megan in Banfield at Joe Waters. You can find me, obviously, at seven, Selfish Giving. Sign up for my email newsletter and you get seven key uh, cause marketing graphics. And of course, check out all those pins I have on Pinterest, pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? Are there any recipes on that Pinterest board? Maybe that would be. <laughs> Only for cause marketing success. Oh, good response. <laughs> I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF. You can find show notes for today's episode at CauseUpdate.com as well as SelfishGiving.com. And don't forget to subscribe to Cause Talk Radio in iTunes so that you do not miss an episode. And on behalf of Kim and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio. And we'll talk to you next time. 